We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alrighty. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. A rare Thursday morning recording session for this podcast. Uh, a time slot, Johnny, I doubt we've ever done. Uh, but I'm Steve Rivera no. here as always with Johnny Gomez. Uh, crazy week. The Rams had a moral victory in their ninth straight regular season loss to the 49ers and made a trade. Uh, so an exciting day to talk about the Rams. How you doing, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I discussed earlier with uh, with uh, Derek Downer um, about uh, how the Rams had a moral victory, and I was okay with it. You know, it's not very often I say that because I think moral victories are kind of useless. But in this case, I'm kind of ecstatic, especially when it's your your ninth straight loss to somebody. Yeah, uh, that that part I'm not happy about. But it, but it's like, um, I mean, dude, the, the Rams are good. Like, are they great? I don't think they're great, uh, but I think it's safe to say after two weeks that this is a good football team. And I don't think either of us expected to walk in here and after week two and proclaim that. I expected to go into week two without a win. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh so yeah i i agree uh, it, it's it definitely looks like a solid squad and i know that there are the the so-called realists out there that will sit there and say well a loss is a loss and that is true that is true at the end of the day we did not pull up the win but considering that the 49ers are arguably one of the biggest favorites to win the super bowl not even to get there but to win it um I think you're doing fine if you barely lose to them, you know, and this is a squad, like I said, that we were expecting not to even have a winning record. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. I'm thrilled about it. 
And and like the fact that we and I think you guys might have on the post game show, uh, you can come out of that game and be like, well, if the Rams didn't commit two turnovers, they win the game, which is yeah. insane against the Forty yeah, ers Like in this season, uh, it, it, it's pretty wild, and I, I'm definitely happy with the the current state of the team. Um, yeah, I, undeniably, if you take away those those turnovers, and mind you, they were. They were costly turnovers, uh, and you, which is something you cannot do against a team like the Niners. But if you take those away, um, this is a lot closer. You definitely good chance of winning. And you know, considering they were very correctable mistakes, I I think you're fine. You know, the, the Kieran Williams is not gonna you know let the ball bounce out of his hands and into a defender all the time. At least I hope not. No, yeah, but that's a fluke interception too. I mean, it's it not at, m- the majority of drops in the NFL don't result in that. Nope. Uh, if he just dropped it like normally, they live to fight another day. But hey, one on one, we'll take it. Uh, we will get back to that game in a little bit. I think. I think we should start here with Cam Akers, uh, former Ram Cam Akers, who, if you miss it, was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Rams traded Acres and a 2026 seventh round pick for a 2026 sixth round pick. So they dumped Cam Akers to move up a couple spots near the end of the draft. Uh, he gets to reunite with Kevin O'Connell, former Rams offensive coordinator in Minnesota. The Rams get something of value for a guy who they probably would have cut. It, it's pretty crazy, Johnny. I it. If you've been following this year, Cam Akers in week one ran the ball 22 times for 29 yards, and I think he played 28 snaps. So you could have a little sympathy for him in that, like, of the 28 snaps he was on the field, he ran the ball 22 times. So it's pretty obvious what they were going to do every time he stepped on the field. Uh, But at the same time, if you take away his 12-yard rush from that game, he ran the ball 21 times for 17 yards, which is literally under a yard per carry. And if you keep the 12-yard rush, he had 1.3 yards per carry. And it was so bad. And by all the reports we've seen, it seems like there was a cultural issue with Akers on this team. It's something that clearly we dealt with last year when uh, he got taken on the lineup for a bit when he wanted to get traded, Um, I guess, I we don't we don't know exactly what happened here, but essentially he has one bad game. He's benched, then he's traded. Uh, Karen Kyron Williams is playing great, and it was so bad that like somebody reminded me. I was talking to a Vikings fan after the trade. I was and he was like, "Didn't Cam Akers go off at the end of last year?" And week one was so bad that I just like forgot that happened. <laughs> he he did actually he did he he had a hell of a um you know end of uh you know the 2022 season and then he comes into this season and is like what the hell happened like it, it wasn't even just so much the stats because you can almost accept that you have a bad game except not this bad of a game and then if you really look at what he did it was like is this dude even trying like I, I I don't know. Like it, it was just so awful, especially when you see like a lot of these holes that opened up. 
you know, they were clearly there. He just chose not to use them and then ended up with almost nothing. So there is a reason why Sean McVay did a healthy scratch. You know, they, they, he didn't do it just because he didn't like the guy. No, yeah, and I mean, Kyron Williams in his absence, 29 carries for 104 yards and three touchdowns. Only 3.6 yards per carry in those two games, so it's nothing like, you know, world-beating here. He also added six catches for 50 yards and a touchdown and a fumble. Um, But (laughs) it was night and day in week one, and I don't – I am not losing any sleep over this. It's – an end to a, I would say, really disappointing era for Cam Akers, who essentially in the three years and two games he was on the team, he gave us maybe a little more than half a season's worth of valuable performances, Um, maybe a little more than that. Obviously, he had the, the torn Achilles in 2021. It made him a miraculous come back to be available for the playoffs and, and contribute in some sense to a Super Bowl. Um, although during that playoff run, uh, the numbers were not great for him. Um, didn't average four yards carry in any of those games, didn't score a touchdown, but was the starting running back for the Super Bowl run. So you had to give him some credit. But it was it, it's tough to kind of like take a real look at this Cam Akers era with the Rams because it was so, you know, you had the injuries, um, you had the coaching spouts or whatever, the trade request. And when Cam Akers was drafted, I think if you go back to our pod, um, and I think most people are of this agreement, we liked the prospect and didn't like the pick. And it wasn't like the Tutu Atwell pick, uh, which we will continue to feast on our crow this week about where we didn't like the prospect or the pick. Um, Cam Akers was a pretty good prospect coming out of Florida State, but using a running back at that pick when you had just drafted Daryl Henderson the year before, um, and when it wasn't that hard to kind of get a running back on the free agent market, the 52nd pick was pretty high for that and not even getting like the top guy. Um, it was tough, but I think we all expected better than this and there were some flashes, but uh, he becomes, I think, the sixth Rams day two draft pick over the last couple of years to not make it through his rookie contract and the first of the second round picks to do that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, I just, you know, I... I figured this was going to be Akers' last year anyway. I was oh, assuming... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was assuming he was going to make it through the year. Um, but clearly from week one, yeah, that either he was going to have a an extremely reduced role or they were going to do a healthy scratch. So I actually got a, um, a question about this from a, a friend of mine. He asked me, do you feel like the trade was worth it? And I said, well, the trade wasn't for gain. It you know, there, there are several types of trades and this just happens to be one of them where you're not expecting to get anything out of it. And they didn't, you know, they basically moved up hopefully in in the sixth round of the 2026 NFL draft, 
So, yeah, this is about as close to nothing as you can get for a player. So maybe from a gain standpoint, we didn't get anything. But from a team standpoint, you no longer have a guy that clearly doesn't want to be there anymore. And now you have more of a a roster that, you know, your coach can be happy with. So, yeah, I mean, things seem to be working fine with Kieran Williams and we'll see if they add anybody else. But at this point, I kind of doubt it. We'll see. No, I, I, uh, you never know. Cause like the longer the season goes on, like it is Leonard Fournette going to go anywhere. Like there are guys out there. Kareem Hunt obviously just signed with the, the Browns back after the Nick Chubb injury. I don't think they're really going to chase anyone though. Um, I'd love to see Zach Evans appear. Uh, I think they played activated Royce Freeman over him on Sunday, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, you said it all with the the trade, like it doesn't matter if it was worth it. As soon as you make him a healthy scratch, his value completely tanks and you either have to trade him or you have to cut him. And like that, that relationship was not getting solved into even if it's just moving up a couple picks at the end of the draft, you're still getting something. And that's better than just cutting him. So it's fine. Any faith for Cam in Minnesota? Uh, they're also dealing with a, a bad running back in Alexander Madison, uh, who I know you liked going into the year. Uh, but his 3.3 yards per carry is two more yards than Cam Akers this season. <laughs> you know, um, it, it didn't surprise me at all when when the Rams ended up trading him to uh, Minnesota because clearly there is an issue. I don't I don't know if it's just um, Alexander Madison. I did like him going into the year. I thought you know in previous seasons this was a guy that you know he he looked like he had some potential. But this year, he just played such uninspiring football, kind of like Cam Akers, to be honest, and maybe even a little worse considering he fumbled a couple times. Uh, So obviously, they need to try something different. I know that they tried to improve their uh, offensive line a little bit, uh, which could be one of the reasons why he was struggling a lot. But, you know, as remember the Titans – Coach Boone said, did you fumble the football or did your blockers fumble the football? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's that it's true. It's literally true. You know, your blockers can be terrible. You can gain no yards. But in the end, it's up to you to secure the football. So if you're fumbling the football, you're obviously contributing to the losses that the Vikings have been facing. So yeah, I I think in in uh, Cam Akers' sake, maybe he gets a change of scenery. Maybe he likes playing for um, Kevin O'Connell. I, I mean, they—they they, he was uh, the offensive coordinator when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. So maybe <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith, though. If I'm being honest, no, I, I don't. I still get the trade for them. You're, um, you're, you're basically getting him for free, and you're putting a little fire under Alexander Matson, even if you don't believe in Cam Akers that much. Like you're getting a guy who at one point was productive for nothing 
and you're saying to Madison, like, you're still the starter, but, you know, let's see something here. Let's let's get it together. Uh, and it's not it's definitely not all Madison's fault, too. But, yeah, you make a great point about the fumbles. Uh, take a quick break here and talk about the 49ers game a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we don't need to go too deep into this game, but yeah, we I mentioned that like, man, they're good, uh, and I think defensively in this game, that was definitely a more realistic portrayal of what the defense is gonna look like this year. Uh, McCaffrey kind of tore him apart. Purdy was picking him apart uh, for quite a bit of the game, but still, you know, all things considered, I think. The, the the Rams gave up, what, six points off of interceptions. So, you know, if you take away those six points, 24 points against the 49ers is not that bad. Um, and the 49ers punted in this game four times for what we expected from this defense going into the season. I'm, I think this is a fine game for them um, against this type of team. And, I think we kind of know now what the Rams' identity is going to be, is that this defense might be okay in a lot of games, but the offense is, is they're going to have to have a high-scoring offense to, to win games, which is fine um, and I think is doable because Stafford looks fucking incredible. And without Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua is a, is a goddamn rock star. Uh, 15 catches for 147 yards on 20 targets. Um, and then Tutu Atwell, like, when Cup's back, if if they just kind of, like, plop Van Jefferson on the bench, as I, as I hope they do, Tutu's a fine number three, man. He's seven catches for 77 yards. He's doing real things. Um, I think his stats will probably take the biggest hit when Cup comes back, and hopefully we get Cup back week five, but we'll see. But uh, it's a real football team, and I actually, you know, I'm not going to predict them to make the playoffs today, but... I definitely think they will be in the mix for the wild card. I, I think um, we can kind of get a feel of how this team is going to do for the rest of the season uh, when they play Monday night. I, I don't think that's going to be a, a, a big um, test per se, but if this is a team that you know goes up against the Bengals, who is having the struggles of their own, but the thing is, 
you know, um, if the Rams can compete and actually even dominate uh, a team like the Bengals, um, I think we have an idea more or less what the Rams are. Right now, it's still kind of a mystery because, you know, they had a a pretty strong victory against the Seattle Seahawks, which is great. They barely lost to the 49ers, so... If they go, they have a nice dominating victory over the Bengals. I think we have a really solid squad, and playoffs may actually not be out of the question considering everyone stays healthy. And that's kind of the thing. Is in my opinion, if uh, if the Rams stay healthy or at least relatively healthy, I think they'll be okay. You know, um, it's kind of the depth at certain positions where I'm like, I don't know. You know. And obviously there's issues with this team still. We knew that going in, but, you know, overall, you, you can't help but be a little bit happy about where, where this is going. So, yeah, I, I feel like the, the Rams are, are in a good position. They're in a good spot to even at least kind of consider playoffs at this point. But I think we'll know more Monday for sure. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because um, Joe Burrow might not play. He He's dealing with a calf injury, which is not ideal. And it, it's a tough situation for them because it's week three. And it's a guy you just paid, what, $275 million to? So, in theory, if he's not 100%, you don't play him. It's week three. It's not that important. But they're 0-3, or they're 0-2, man. Like, can you afford a loss at home to the Rams? And no. their, their backup quarterback is Jake Browning. And now, even if Burrow doesn't play, obviously our chances of winning skyrocket quite a bit. But um, they, they still have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and we still have our secondary. Uh, which I think looked a little worse in this game than they did last week. Uh, again, though, not terrible. Uh, things could be a lot worse, but they're still going to have their hands full, and they the pass rush needs to exist. Especially, I mean, if it's Jake Browning playing, if we could get pressure on him, but it's a big if, like because I don't know if we can get pressure on him. I would be very confident they would win that game, um, and if. Burrow doesn't play, that would be the X factor to me. It would be the pass rush. And through two games, I don't like our pass rush. Uh, we Byron Young has, has flashed a lot. Uh, I've been really impressed with what we've seen from him. But, you know, still not the best. And I still hope they bring somebody in. Uh, to be fair, Kobe Turner would be uh, – had his moments as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's but- – not, not to cut you off, but like – those two guys looking good is huge. Um, it and is. even if it, it doesn't translate to a good pass rush this year, they will, if they don't bring in somebody this year, they will bring in somebody on the edge. And if you've got Turner and Young there as starters that are like actually good at football, which it looks like they will both pan out to be, that's huge. Next Aaron Donald and new outside linebacker we don't have yet. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And I think I think that will be the goal next season is to kind of bring in a uh, 
a veteran or uh, bring in somebody that has obviously a lot more experience than these guys because I, I mean, I, I believe that's what they would have liked to have done. I think they would have kept Leonard Floyd if if the cap wasn't such a big burden on the Rams this year. Uh, yeah, for sure. So so as long as they bring in somebody next year, I, I think they'll be fine. But the thing is, um, I don't know if they'll be able to uh, for, for this season. You know, unless you're surrendering your top pick, which I would say I would prefer not to. Um, but you know, yeah, obviously but... that's going to be a top, uh, you know, top position to attack, you know, during the off season next season. I I'm in agreement. I don't think they should make a blockbuster deal this year. Uh, but there are guys who are free agents who would help at edge rushers still, um, like there are still names out there that are better than no disrespect to my guy here, Michael Hoyt. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. He's playing fine, uh, but he's not. If we could do better, and he should be in the rotation. He's just not the guy that should be starting. If I'm being honest, I would much rather him because he's a converted defensive lineman. Yeah, I would have. I would much rather him have have him on the defensive line than have him rotate in and out as a uh, edge rusher. You know, I I don't know. Like for me. It was such a bizarre thing to keep him there this year. I know we kind of did it out of necessity last season, but I <laughs> I don't know. This year is just kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, there's just nobody to play, man. Um, and I agree on Floyd. I Like, he's good, um, but he's, you know, man, maybe ended Aaron Rodgers' career, uh, which is crazy he isn't worth what we are paying him. And no. I think even more than moving on from Ramsey, that was an obvious, like, let's just eat this dead cap this year and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it came out to be. And, uh, and, you know, hope, hopefully the Rams will lure in some top free agents or maybe get a high edge rusher draft pick. That would be great. Um, but yeah, at, at least, you know, you have some talent, with Byron Young and Kobe Turner moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I do want to touch on the snap counts for this game. Kyron Williams played 95% of the snaps. Or 94. No, no, 95. Tutu played 94. Uh, Which is like, he earned it, but that's insane. 95% of the snaps. There was no other running back. Ronnie Rivers played four snaps. Uh, I mean, have to give uh, Karen Williams uh, a break at some point, right? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, hopefully, they could find somebody else to like play. But I mean, dude, guy is a dog. He is playing great. I I'm really happy with him, and uh, I think they will bring in a running back at some point. But I don't really like a big name running back, either through the draft or through trade or free agency. I don't think it's going to be this year. I think he's no. the guy for the year. I, I do think that the Rams may add a running back um, later on, maybe, uh, but definitely not. I I would be really uh, surprised if they go after, like, say, a Leonard Fournette. I think that would be cool, but at the same time, 
I don't kind of see the point in it, really. Spend that on an edge not, rusher. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I would much rather uh, use that on an edge rusher. But, yeah, I I think that they do add a running back, but it will be kind of a smaller name, maybe a name that few people have heard of, and they'll probably serve behind Ronnie Rivers. And Zach Evans seems to be taking, like, a redshirt year anyway, so, Yeah. Yeah, it might be a redshirt career with the Rams for our guy, Zach Evans. We'll see. Um, Other, like, just only other real notable things in the snap counts, obviously, the three receivers played the vast majority of the game. Van Jefferson played the least out of the bunch. Uh, John Johnson played four snaps. He's still not playing, which is interesting, but I guess... uh, Fuller and Yeast are, are playing well. So both of those guys played 100% of the snaps. And Akello Witherspoon, who was questionable going into this game, right, also played 100% of the snaps. I mean, he, he's kind of proving that uh, when healthy, he's definitely someone you want on the field. Yeah. Did Kobe Durant get hurt, or is he just the third cornerback right now? Because Kendrick played 91% of the snaps. Kobe played 58 uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Kobe did get pulled out for a little bit uh, due to an injury. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, nothing else crazy there. And, I mean, you obviously post-game, but any lingering thoughts you had? I mean, it's pretty – if you watch the game, there's not much like beneath the line to make of this. You saw everything, everything we saw. The only thing uh, I- I'd like to point out is um, – I have to say, of all the the players, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the the big uh, positional players, you know, guys like Matthew Stafford, like Tutu Atwell, like uh, Puka Nakua, you know, these guys stepping up. But man, we gotta we gotta show some love to the offensive line because they held their own against a very very elite um, defensive front of the 49ers. You know, yeah. it wasn't perfect, obviously, but. What what offensive line is perfect against the 49ers, you know? They've given up one sack in two games, right? And yeah. uh, and Nopum got hurt. Uh, Tremaine Ankrum came in. And, you know, Stafford felt a lot more pressure in this game than he did last week. But they're playing the fucking 49ers. So it's fine. Uh, the fact that they only got one sack is a credit to him and a credit to the line for, for holding their own. And, yeah, I think... Like the two biggest ifs, and we talked about that last year, last week with the offensive line or with the offense was can the line hold up and can Stafford get back to form? The line is doing more than holding up, they're a genuinely solid unit, and Stafford has gone back to form and then some. So I'm really confident all season long this is going to be a good, at times, great offense, and I can't wait to see what it looks like with cutback for sure. Uh, let's do prize picks quick. How about that? Johnny, I haven't looked at your picks yet, so I'm going to read you mine. You can give me your thoughts uh, and then we'll get to yours. For those unfamiliar, our sponsor prize picks, it's a very simple daily fantasy app. Now, if you're like me, I'm not a big daily fantasy guy. I don't really like dealing with the salary caps and you're playing against thousands of other people to try and win money and you have to really, you know, it's tough. But Prize Picks is different. Prize Picks is simple, and you're only playing against yourself. So 
you're look you get a couple spreads each week from different various games uh and you are picking if the player will get more or less than the stat line they're giving you uh and that's it if you get all your picks right you want to you get a nice payday if you get one of them wrong you still get a pretty good payday um and even if you get two wrong depending on how many you bet you you still get some money back it's a really it's a really fun game it's really easy to play and uh, Johnny and I have been having a blast playing this. Johnny, I think you had a better week than me last week, right? I think I did pretty bad. Yeah, I uh, I ended up winning. Um, uh, I, I missed one pick, so I ended up winning $40. Love to hear it. I did not win. I missed a couple. But I'm excited for this week. I feel better about my picks. Here they are. Uh, I'm to run through them. You can give me your thoughts after. I have Jared Goff over 270.5 yards at home against the Falcons. Uh, Goff in the dome, man, is a different animal than Goff on the road. Uh, and I think the Falcons suck, even though they're 2-0. So I have high faith he's going to smash that. David Montgomery potentially being out. They're going to rely more on the passing game. Javante Williams, 51.5 yards against Miami. I'm going less than that because uh, I think he's bad, and he plays on an 0-2 team with the worst coach in the NFL in Denver. So I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm gonna go under. You know the Broncos almost beat who they played the the Commanders, and everyone's like going nuts. Like Peyton is back. What a comeback! And then they still fucking lost. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> to the Denver Broncos on being 0 2 and almost beating Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, moving on, I'm taking Tony Pollard over or more than 17 and a half receiving yards against the Cardinals. Uh, he had seven catches for 37 yards last week. I think he can hit 20 yards through the air pretty easily. And then a couple touchdown, more or less. I'm going Brock Purdy, one and a half passing touchdowns against the Giants. I'm going to go more. Uh, I think the Giants are bad, and I think the 49ers are good, and I think he'll get two touchdowns in there. And then this is my favorite pick of the week. If you go to the props for uh, combined touchdowns, you can bet – Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson to have more than a half of rushing or receiving touchdown. So if Mark Andrews catches a touchdown or if Lamar Jackson runs for a touchdown, that bet cashes. So that was an easy one for me. Uh, I think that's my favorite pick of the week. Any of these standing out to you, Johnny, as silly picks in my prize picks for the week? No, I mean, they're pretty all, they're all pretty much sensible picks. Um, in fact, there was uh, a couple that I um, also chose. For example, I chose Jared Goff going over 270 uh, and a half yards. Love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Goff has been lighting up the field uh, in Detroit, which is interesting considering that the receiving core is kind of limited other than Amon Ross St. Brown, but even making Josh Reynolds look like a stud. So... You know, kudos to Goff there. And, yeah, against the Falcons defense, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, I also had your Brock Purdy pick, which was to uh, throw more than one-and-a-half passing touchdowns against the Giants, which will be tonight. Uh, and the Giants are just awful. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went with those two as well. They the Giants completed their comeback against a dog shit football team last week uh, in the Cardinals. So good for them, I guess. Uh, yeah, they also stink. Is that a moral victory? I don't think it is. That's that's <laughs> a, a 
we've talked about this on podcasts during like 2020 and 2019. What's the opposite of moral victory? A uh, a more a moral defeat, right? I guess. Yeah, that's a moral <laughs> defeat. Losing to the or beating the Cardinals when you had to come back by that many points. Yeah, especially when Dobbs is the quarterback. Josh, yeah, so. Josh Dobbs, who is playing fine, but I think is pretty clearly the 32nd best starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes, without a doubt. Not a knock on him. Top 32 <laughs> is fine. I mean, I, I'd I'd love to be the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL. So, <laughs> <laughs> what what else you got uh, here? So I got uh, Raheem Mostart, which in my opinion, I love Mostart. I don't know why. I just think he was such an underrated guy in San Francisco. And, you know, dude was made of glass, which is why he ended up getting cut. Um, but, yeah, now he's in Miami and he's and he's making a resurgence. Not a young guy either. So I, I'm jumping on the Mostert bandwagon here. I, I'm saying he's going to get more than 60 and a half yards against the Denver Broncos. Uh, yeah, I think Steve will love that one. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, I almost bet, or I almost went with two uh, over on yards too against the Broncos because I think they're gonna get smashed. And the Dolphins are fucking good, man. Uh, they really are. That should be a blowout. What's the money line on that I game? I think it will be. We'll talk about What's that. What's the line? <laughs> I'll bring it up after prize picks. Okay. All right. So moving on to uh, my next pick, DK Metcalf going up against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, will he get more than 62 and a half receiving yards? Yes, I think so, because the Panthers are just awful as well. And, you know, as we saw against the the Lions, the Seahawks are not a terrible team, you know. So I think as long as DK Metcalf is healthy, this should be uh, this should be an easy uh, pick for me. I like that pick. Uh, I think DK Metcalf is good. And I think good players are players I like picking. Yep. And then there's Cameron Dicker. I had to, man. <laughs> I did this last week. I had to do it again this week. <laughs> I saw I saw this option, and I'm like, Dicker the kicker. I got to go with them, man. Uh, more than one and a half field goals to be made against the Minnesota Vikings, I think, is a gimme. Yeah. I need to I need to check the kicker props. I keep forgetting to do it. I made a good amount of money during the Rams playoff run in 21 betting on Matt Gay over one and a half field goals. So I need to hit that tab next week. Remind me, and I definitely will throw a kicker in there. That hit last week, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Um, and then finally, I wanted to throw in something that is kind of a fun one. So I ended up getting Patrick Mahomes uh, going up against the Bears. Will he have more or less than 17 and a half rushing yards? And I think because of how terrible their receivers are, he's going to have more. I like that play. That's a fun play. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that pretty much concludes my picks. Well, so we're making our picks. If you guys want to get in on the action, go to prizepicks.com slash Rams talk. And use the promo code RAMSTALK, all caps, one word, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, and you will get a first deposit match up to $100. So if you put in $100, you can have 200 to play with. If you want to go less, you put in 50, you'll have 100 to play with. 
Uh, again, that's prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk. And use our promo code R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, all caps. Get a first deposit match up to $100. Okay. Uh, I think the only news from the week besides Cam Akers was that Joe Noteboom is going to play this week. Uh, it's a deep shoulder tissue injury or something like that. Don't call me on that. But uh, Sean McVay said he's not worried about his availability, uh, which is good. Uh, I think Noteboom is got to be maybe one of the most overpaid offensive linemen in the league, but playing solid at right guard so far. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take him uh, at right guard as long as he's healthy. Uh, hopefully, he'll, he'll be healthy. We'll see. There actually might be a, a more overpaid offensive lineman in the league. Let me look. What if I told you, Johnny, that – oh, actually, never mind. Uh, I thought Brian Allen's cap number was way higher than it actually was. <laughs> yeah, oh, I God. mean – Well, he's he due $8 million next year. Ooh. And so, luckily, if we if we cut him, the dead cap is only three point one five million. But yikes! That that's probably what's going to happen then. Oh yeah, I mean, he's their backup center. That's that's a that's a guarantee, and they'd save five million in savings. So, um, it's not I like mean, Leonard, uh, Leonard Floyd where we save like no money this year. I think we lost money in twenty three on cutting Leonard Floyd. Well, we could have had Creed Humphrey, but... <laughs> you know, man, <laughs> we could have. But if Tutu continues to play the way he has, I won't bring it up for the rest of the year. And Coleman Shelton's nah. playing, playing well. You know, I, I I laugh at that because, you know, this was a, a common comment that Steve and I have had on this podcast for, what, the past two or three years now? Yeah, and we're not alone. Lots of people have been screaming off the mountains about this. So, you know, Tutu's kind of proving the haters wrong of sorts. And we could, you know, would I say that because Tutu's doing well now, that was the correct pick? No, but if you listen to our previous rants, I very often said a lot, like, if we could get anything out of him, it would be a win because he's on the team. They made the pick. Let's go. And we're getting more than anything. Like he is developing, he's developed into a genuinely good football player and a productive rotational guy. Uh, I think if cups back and Puka slides in the number two spot, as I said earlier, perfectly solid wide receiver three, um, a guy you can rely on when players are out. And um, maybe when cup is back, you can use him more as that home run hitter where now defenses actually have to respect him as a, not just that, where he's proven he could do other stuff. And I'm really happy to see. I, I am delighted that he's good, man. Uh, I think it's hilarious in a lot of senses how good he's become in, like, no time uh, compared to last year. But <laughs> just because we hated the pick doesn't mean I wanted the man to fail. Uh, I'm really, exactly. really happy that he's giving us something here. Um. Let's talk about the Bengals game a little bit. By the way, the line was six and a half point favorites for the Dolphins, so I will be hammering that. Um, <laughs> I don't think the I don't think the Broncos are good. No, they're not. <laughs> um, and the Dolphins are really good, and they're at home. And 
they didn't they lose a draft pick because they tried to hire Sean Payton? They did. So yeah, I <laughs> they got a lot to prove in this game. Um, <laughs> so the Bengals this week. Um, it's the morning, so I didn't have a ton of time to throw together a sheet on the Bengals, but they're bad. Uh, I believe, and I'm going to pull up the the NFL team stats here. I think they have the worst offense in the league in terms of yards. That's interesting. Which is insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're averaging 212 yards a game. The next lowest team is the Steelers at 247. Wow. Uh, they have 60 less yards than the next team. Um, that is, that is like, unbelievable. Uh, especially for a team like the Bengals, who have, like, I would argue, one of the better receiving cores in the NFL. I think the best. Like, yeah. And I, I, I think easily. Like, Jamar Chase is at worst like the the fourth or fifth best receiver in the league you can make the case he's the second best uh t higgins i think is easily the second best number two guy i don't really know who else is being that conversation like he's definitely better than waddle in my opinion uh although waddle's really good too and then tyler boyd yeah tyler boyd is a, a good receiver um you have joe Mix- i mean i i don't think joe mixon's that great but those receiving core and Burrow, but Burrow has been banged up. Um, it's easy to forget that he almost didn't, when he got injured in camp, it looked like he might not play week one, but he's out there. But now he's dealing with a calf injury. And like we mentioned earlier, they're 0-2, but it's week three against the Rams. Like, And Jake Browning is their backup quarterback, who I am just assuming sucks. Like, I don't know much about him. I'm going to assume he's not good. The like if you're the Bengals and you test Joe Burrow's calf in in uh warmups and maybe he's at like 70-75%. Are you going to play him? I wouldn't. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't either, man. He's your French like I if there's any possible risk of a reaggravation or like making this calf injury worse. I don't think you could play him even if you're Owen two. And if they announce he's sitting, I bet the Rams become favored in this game, which is still pretty crazy on the road against this team. Um, like, yeah, man, he's, there's gotta be no possible chance of reaggravating that injury for me to play him in week three, when you just signed into this massive extension and like, he's clearly struggling like, what's throwing him out there injured going to do for you? I'm, I mean, yeah, at, at this point, too, you have to consider the future of, of, the, uh, of the season as well. Even if they drop to 0-3, your season is much better being dropping to 0-3 with, with your quarterback still intact rather than risking him losing him for the season potentially more if it's a severe injury and you know then you're probably going to be much worse than you were if you had started 0 3 yeah it's yeah you can't lose him and 
like you can come back from 0-3, and I think if you're the Bengals, like, yes, you want to win this year, but this is, you know, this is a long-term project here. You are not just trying to win this year. Uh, you want to have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow playing at an elite level for the next decade. So it's it'll be interesting. And I, it's Thursday, and it, or it's, we're still questionable here. When you look at the stats of these teams, Johnny, the offensively, the Rams have nearly double the amount of yards the Bengals have. Uh, they have nearly double the amount of points the Bengals have. And they have more than double the passing yards the Bengals have. Um, and then defensively, the Rams are giving up the six fewest yards per game. And the Bengals are giving up the fifth most yards per game. And so on paper, just looking at the statistics and the Rams have played the, the Seahawks, the Seahawks beat the, they beat the Lions last week. Uh, yes, they did. So they clearly aren't terrible. You know, that no. was a possibility coming out of that game that they were just trashed. They're not. And the Bengals have also played good teams. They played the Browns and they played the Ravens, but we played the Seahawks and the 49ers. Like. <laughs> You're just reading the stats. The Rams should blow them out. Obviously, these stats are a little deceptive. Uh, we might be being overvalued a little in these stats, and the Bengals might be being undervalued a little. But, like, shockingly, this, regardless of if, Bur- if Burrow plays, it's still a very winnable game, uh, which is crazy. And, I mean, if the Rams steal this game, which I think everybody going into the season would have marked this as a loss. That's a huge win. And coming out of this two and one would be unbelievable, an unbelievable start to the year for this team. And then going into Indianapolis next week, like that's a, that's huge. This would be an, an unbelievably huge win. And it's a game that's, that's right there for the taking. Now, Steve, I, I have to ask because this is probably going to be brought up at some point. Um, would you prefer the Bengals have a healthy Joe Burrow out there, or do you want them to kind of secure the, you know, kind of the cheap victory over the Bengals? I, I mean, I, I'm never one to be like, I hope that guy doesn't play. Um, if Jake Browning trots out of the field and Joe Burrow is back next week, am I going to be upset about it? Anyone who says like there, there are two ways to look at this. Anyone who's because it's, it's clearly not a long-term injury. Anyone who's like, I want Joe Burrow to start. I want them at their best. When he like, there's no concern about his health long-term. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you're kind of lying to yourself. I suppose it depends on how you look at it. Because I'm actually wanting him to start. Considering he's healthy, you know, of course. Yeah, uh, and, and I think like we know they're like... It's not like Nick Chubb last week. Like, oh, he's, God. He, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be back within the next couple of weeks, and long term is probably almost certainly going to be fine. Broke my heart and my fantasy I roster. Know, me too. And <laughs> and like, I, I again, I'm not saying I don't want Joe Burrow to play. If he's out there, I'll be happy. I would be happy to take them on at their best. But like, none of us are going to be like, man, I wish it was Burrow. If Jake Browning trots onto the field opening drive it might be me man i the reason being is because 
you know, uh, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't care. I mean, I if he's out there, cool. If he's not, uh, oh well, you know. But in this case, I really want to see what the Rams' defense can do against a, a, a high-powered offense. Because, again, we did play against the 49ers and everything. But I'd argue that if everything is working for the Bengals, I think that this is a solid offense, maybe even better than the 49er offense from a passing standpoint anyway. Um, in theory. In, in, theory in theory, they're a much better passing offense, but not in yes. practice so far. Yeah, you, you have a point there. But that's why I'm like, I, you know, I, I'd argue that Joe Burrow is the better quarterback over Brock Purdy. Uh, some people would argue with me, and that's fine, but you're wrong. Um, I think um, they the receiving core is definitely better. Uh, ground game is clearly the 49ers' edge. But um, that's why, like, especially against this young secondary of the Rams, I would absolutely love to see what they do against them even if they're not the exactly the same Bengals offense that we remember. Yeah, it's I, – I'll be happy either way. And beating them with Joe Burrow would be 100 times more satisfying of a victory than beating Jake Browning. Like, like no question. It, it's just a Super Bowl rematch. We haven't played them since the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I think we're going to have a chip on our shoulder. Uh, walking into Cincinnati after how last year went and winning would be insane. Are you going to pick them to win, Johnny? Let's see your pick. Uh, yes, I think that the Rams end up winning this week um, or no problem. Uh, even if Joe Burrow plays, I think that the Rams end up winning this game. Of course, I think it's going to be a lot closer. So I'll give you two scores. If the Rams end up um, playing a borrowless Bengals team, I'm gonna say, I'll say 38 to to 21. If they do end up, uh, if Burrow does end up on the field, I'll say it's gonna be 31 uh, 24. Yeah, I'm if if Browning is a starter, I'm going 33 to 20. If Burrow is a starter, I'm gonna say 30 to 27 Rams. Both, I'm taking them both. We got to ride this high, man, because who knows how long it's going to last. <laughs> I'd like to say it'll last through the end of the season, but I have my doubts. I'm optimistic, man. I, I will be on the record firmly saying that the Rams are good. And I will not be saying they're great, but I think they're good. And I think they'll be a tough out on a weekly basis. And I think that if things go right for them with other teams, they could get the, the sixth or seventh seed. That's it. Okay. Um, it's Thursday, so we have to go to work. <laughs> uh, hope you're enjoying this at work or driving home from work. Or wherever you are, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Steve Ribeiro, Johnny5not6, Talk Rams. Uh, and we will be back next week.